Welcome to the Evolution Podcast, where your host, Jeff Bayless, brings useful and meaningful conversations to you with the goal of serving humanity on the journey to mental, physical, and spiritual wellness. Inspired by his unique experiences in life and the military, Jeff vulnerably shares his exploration of the human spirit of resilience and higher consciousness through thought-provoking conversations and observations. One thing that is certain in this life is change, but we don't have to just change. With noticing what is coming up for us through the mind and body connection and applying careful effort, we can evolve to not only better understand ourselves, but those in our tribe. So open your minds and warm your hearts. Welcome in. Okay, Eric. Hey, man. Uh, a mutual friend, a uh, good good friend of both bars. Kevin connected us, and uh, I could tell just in a short amount of time that uh, you know we were going to get along and have a lot to talk about. So I, I appreciate you taking the time. I know we're going to have a good discussion, and I also appreciate uh, you know where I know this is probably going to go into some vulnerable subjects that are hard to talk about, but very important, right? Especially when we're talking about uh, senior leadership needing to. Uh, share these ideas because, you know, it doesn't just happen at the E1 to E6 level, right? It's, it's up and down the chain of command where we have, uh, nobody is immune to having some sort of uh, hardship in life and some adversity to overcome. And with resilience, uh, I, I know that you're going to share a lot of uh, good, good lessons, uh, not only for me, but for the listeners. So just uh, wanted to come in with an intention of gratitude and, uh, you know, just say thank you before we even begin. All right. Well, hey, Jeff, I really appreciate having the opportunity uh, to talk through some of this. Um, you know, um, prior uh, to this experience, uh, I was actually, you know, going up and, and, and talking at Enlick. I won't I won't talk too much about that at all. But um, but that was uh, cathartic for me in some uh, well, in, in a lot of ways. And um, and I, I enjoyed doing that. Um, you know, but I'll, I'll wind it back just a little bit. And, and so that's, you know, finding, finding out when you're, 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 you're a little bit, not a little bit uh, too drunk um, and, and you get, you know, fired. Uh, that's how it starts. Right. Mm-hmm. And the, I could go harder and, and, and on myself, I could do it easier. Um, but, you know, I, I, I've been through, two and a half years now, maybe a full two years. And, and right now it's, it's going pretty well. Um, but what I would like to do is, is to say, hey, you know, um, how did I get there, right? That's the issue from, from my perspective. It's how do you get to the resilience right. <laughs> and who gets the resilience and what the Navy could be doing to do better with resilience and what I should have been doing, right? All of those things are things that I think are very, very um, good to talk about. So um, for me, I, I talk about this in terms of cumulative stress and increased alcohol. And there was a, there was a gentleman uh, who was up in the Pentagon, um, good friend of mine. And, um, and he was one of those, you know, he got one of those one, one star duties. And he says, hey, uh, someone said, I got to go talk about this. And, um, and what can we do? And, and so he did a lot of uh, help with me, which was ironic. And, um, and we went through some uh, cumulative stress and, and other uh, uh, discussions. And, and frankly, um, you know, he, he did a, a, a good job of kind of teeing that up. Um, but for me, it, it was all about the cumulative stress. It, it, it was about me um, 
not remembering where I came from, meaning, um, so I was, I was in a lot of uh, genetics um, disposed to alcoholism. And my mom told me that a long time ago. Um, and you know what you do when you're 15 years old? You don't, you, you don't even talk about that at all, right? right. You just go whoosh. And so if, if I think about it, you know, if from the big stage, you know, I probably was, have been drinking for 40 years, right? Um, now, I didn't get fired on ships. I didn't do stupid stuff on ships. You know, I didn't do any of that. Um, but, I, you know, I did end up getting fired as a result of alcoholism. Mm. And it, it happened, you know, when I was down doing a, uh, what do we do down in uh, um, Millington, Tennessee. And at the end of that, that day, um, at the end of, you know, that was probably one of my 23rd different um, boards I've gone to. I was just so completely out of it. I mean, I was out. I mean, you talk about cumulative stress and everything else. You know, I, I had been, I, I had gotten the the job that I wanted and that was ESG too. And, you know, I only got to be there for about two and a half months. Right. And then boom, you know, being fired and everything else. Yeah. Um, before that, I was the board of inspection and survey doing a lot of really heavy lifting, especially after the two, two destroyers, you know, I, I was told go do something different about what we're going to do with inserve. And, and so um, I just was, I was completely and utterly <laughs> you know, just trashed not not a bad word but just tired and and so you know i'll stop there um because there's a lot of other things i could talk about but that's kind of really where i want to that's kind of the most um i don't know what the right word would be but most go well, ahead yeah well, yeah so the uh you know when you're talking about cumulative stress what you know the people that listen to this podcast or have heard me give my talk uh, to commands around the around the fleet you know it's it's about stacking these, you know, these, it's a lot of little decisions, right? It's a lot of little course navigations, right? It's not one 180 degree course correction. It's usually two degree uh, Romeo Corpens, right? Where, you know, eventually now you're on a completely different path, right? And it's also, you know, and I guess uh, I'm hoping to start here at, uh, at, at your former command here pretty soon uh, as a GS. So I'm excited about that and ESG too. And uh, not, not to, uh, you know, over embellished, but I mean, those are, those are really important jobs for the, for the Navy, right. And high stress. Uh, and so when we go through these stressful environments, especially as, you know, at a one-star command, right. You're, you know, you're the operational commander for several ships, right. At ESC two major operations, major deployments, a lot going on. The phone is always ringing, right. The phone needs to be on and needs to be on you at all times. And it's one thing that I'd like to hear you maybe you know, give, give your thoughts on is, you know, at what point did you notice or were there things that you noticed, but didn't pay attention to, right. Or ignored or let go. Cause I know that that was my experience. My experience was there were definitely bells and whistles going off that I completely ignored because I'm Jeff Bayless. You know what I mean? Like that mm -hmm. doesn't happen. Like I handle this shit. Like we don't, we don't talk about fight club, right? Like we just execute mission. Right. So I guess where I would go, you know, in that direction was, you know, were there things that, you know, times where there were near mishaps, right, to use a, a Navy term, uh, where there was a near mishap, and you kind of sloughed it off, uh, you know, and, and was that a thing? Yeah, um, I, you know, I, I, I tend to just go through the door in front of me, 
um, and, you know, talking about why I couldn't raise my hand. I mean, there were, uh, obviously there were some opportunities and, and by the way, people like, you know, Admiral Grady and a bunch of other people were starting to talk about, Hey, we got to raise our hands. You know, yeah. not a lot of that happened out, you know, um, uh, when we had the, you know, the two destroyers, um, people were still trying to figure out what are we doing? But, you know, for, for me, um, I could tell that I needed something. So I was, I was slowly going up using the alcohol in, in basically a, a, a small part of our, you know, where I, my living room is. And my wife and my kids were going, hey, why don't you come over here, dad? And, you know, you know play a game some, or something like that. I says, no, I can't. Well, why can't, why can't you? Well, you know, I've got two, I got a Blackberry and then I've got my other Blackberry and I got to sit here and I got to make sure that no one like, you know, <laughs> is dying out there. Right. And, and that was kind of, that was one of those things where you say, you don't really have to do that. And, and if you think that you really have to do that, then go to your cause, go to your chief of staff, go do something else. You know, don't be the person that has to do it by and for yourself, right? Um, and and I, I would say, you know, I had a very, very, very good relationship um, with a very senior officer. You know, he's, he's one of the most senior ones right now. And um, he was shocked, you know, when this happened. And, and, he, and, and he's the kind of guy that counts beers. You know, when you go to one of those venues, mm -hmm. he, he's looking around, you know, he doesn't do a lot of that, you know, but, but there are people that are saying, oh, is everybody okay? And is anybody need to, to leave? And is, some, is someone going to get a ride and all that kind of stuff? But, you know, he, I, I came into his office, you know, after I got fired and he's like, I, I didn't see it coming, Eric. Mm -hmm. So what, what does that mean? It, it, it meant that I, I didn't want to be that guy. You know, even though he was one of the people and two or three other very senior people were like, hey, just put your hand up, put your hand up. You know, I, I just wanted to get it done because you know why? And this is going to this is going to sound kind of ridiculous. You know, it was just that I didn't want to, to let him down. Yeah. You know, I loved that man. Still do. Uh, my, my wife loves him. And we know them very well. <laughs> And I just, I, I wanted to get it done the way that he wanted it to be. And I was going to do, you know, dies and, and, and dot everything. And, um, and I tell you what, I'm also, and the other thing that you really have to understand, it doesn't matter what, what level you're at, is, you know, I was one of these guys that is a workaholic, like most of us are, right? Mm. But, but I'm also talking a lot of, you know, I'm the kind of guy that's going to dive down into details. And when you're at the level that I was at, I, I shouldn't have been doing that. Right. And part of it is you're just not sure what you can do, what you should do and who might help you. Right. But what you do know is you don't want to fail. Absolutely. And, and I clearly failed. Right. And so, but, but again, there were, there were several people that basically says, you know, how did this happen? Um, you know, if I could go back and do it, all over again, you know, I would probably, <laughs> I'd have to go all the way back to, to be in the chief of staff. Um, because that was one of the hardest jobs I ever had. And, and I, that just, just wore me out completely wore me out. And so over time, like, like you've seen, you know, you can go, uh, up all the ladders 
and and some people are going to say you know what it's good i got it it's okay and um and then there's going to people that say i i i'm almost not being able to handle this right and i think there's a lot more people that are not almost getting getting the the way to handle it and right. i just happen to be one of them that didn't do it the right way so yeah and it's it's super counterintuitive i think when you, you you don't want to like you said you didn't want to let him down right and you didn't want to come out of the fight and it's counterintuitive to take a knee and to go get the help that you need or maybe even just go talk to somebody that you trust right and yet had you had done that or had i had done that uh when i was struggling right uh boy i'd, I'd be you'd be talking to commander bayless right now right like uh, <laughs> and and of course you know on the other end of that uh you know, that, that, uh, struggle, you know, you get the wisdom, right. And I, I applaud you and appreciate you for paying it forward now that it's a scar, right. It's not a wound anymore. It's not, mm -hmm. it's not still fresh. And you're at a place where you can look with objectivity, uh, at your actions and you can totally say no, but I'd be curious. Uh, it's been a little vague, you know, can you talk a little bit about the incident? You don't have to go into great detail. Um, but you know, were there, you know, cause I think like a lot of times we just think that, uh, you know, it's a singular incident. And so I, I don't know, you know, if, if you're willing, you know, kind of what was, what was the, the nail in the coffin, you know, like what was the incident that finally, uh, you know, Hey, now I'm in trouble and I'm in the hot seat and I've got to do something to try to uh, keep my, yeah. well, I, I, it, it basically went up and up and up and up and it didn't go anywhere. It just kind of, it was, it was one of these things you know, again, I, I, 26, you know, different um, um, Millington events, right? And those are really, really, people don't understand that. People don't understand, A, how, how important they are. I mean, they're going to pick the next people. You know that. I know that. Um, and when you come in there, it, it, for me, everybody's really, really, really tired by the time they're done, right? Well, we had at the end of this, at the end of this uh, in Millington, um, um, somebody said, hey, uh, we had two, we had a, a couple of different boards and we were just trying to get some of them done. And it was pretty late, like 10, you know, in the evening. And uh, everyone's like, hey, anyone got any booze? And, uh, and I don't want you to use too much of this, but, but that's what happened. You know, the people would bring, uh, including me, um, the, the booze, because you know what, we're done, man, it was really good. The board was really hard. I think we got the right people and, and we started drinking and people had a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And then pretty soon it's midnight and pretty soon it's one in the morning. And there's a lot of senior people, um, most of whom decided they were going to leave, um, earlier than I did, but there were a couple other people were there and, and I was drunk enough and the cumulative stress that I talk about all the time, um, I went to bed and I got up and I didn't get out of the right door and I wasn't wearing a lot of anything. Yeah. And that's bad, right? Really, really, really bad. And the first thing I had to do is pick up the phone and say to my wife, I just did something that's just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm done. The other thing is I knew that I was drunk enough that I probably shouldn't have, you know, gotten in a car and going someplace. Right. And, um, and, you know, I, I had to go through that, you know, with, with my disposition and everything else. And um, yeah, I told everybody, 
I said, yep, I shouldn't have done that. There's no way in hell I should have done that. I still had enough alcohol in my system. And um, there were three or four admirals that were trying to get me off the road and everything else. And luckily, I, I got there. And luckily, I didn't kill anybody. Um, but I put that right into my, my disposition. Yeah. Um, and so that's when you really know, you know, if, if the alcohol is doing that to you at that stage, you know, you're not only are you done from a perspective of the Navy and, that, right. and, you, and you need to be right. And there's a lot of people that don't understand all of that. And then there's a lot of other people that are like, yeah, you should have, you should have, you know, fired them earlier. But, you know, when people didn't even know at the four-star level and other people, it means that I hit it pretty well. And right. maybe they weren't looking quite as hard. And maybe we need to go back to thinking a little bit differently about what we do. Um, you know, it's not my, that's not my call now. That's for sure. <laughs> but. Man, there's a, there's a lot there, sir. I just want to, yeah. So first thing that came up was, you know, you talking about, uh, and, and it, it doesn't, it, it doesn't do any good to talk about anybody else other than and in my situation, you know, I would say the same thing. It doesn't do any good to talk about anybody else but myself. I have to own my own actions, right? And take responsibility and accountability for those. So we we certainly don't need to belabor the point about anybody else in this scenario except for you. And, and, and I don't mean that in like a pejorative manner. I mean, I, I would say the same thing about myself, right? It's it solely yeah. lies here. Those decisions lie here. Um, but one thing I want to I want to call out that you said that's important and I want to shine a light on it for people is, you know, I grew up in a culture in the military where the you know, drink to the foam was uh, definitely glamorized, even though we tried to de-glamorize it. And a lot of times the work uh, ethic was also rewarded. And so what happens is you drink to the foam till 4 a.m., get in the car and drive to work at 6 a.m., right? And you think you're just hung over. Well, that's not how it works, <laughs> right? Like right. simple math, your body is not getting rid of it. It's not yeah. that just because you went to sleep for a couple hours, you did not wake up sober. So I appreciate you saying that. And I just wanted to call attention to that for the listener, because uh, there are some junior sailors that listen to this. And, you know, I want to I want to highlight that, you know, nobody's saying you can't have some drinks. But, you know, boy, if, if you wake up at six o'clock in the morning or five or whatever time your revel is to make it to muster and you're not able to get there because you're still drunk, don't think you're hung over. You're still drunk. You know, it's still right. it's still processing through your body. And so thank you for thank you for calling that out. And I just wanted to put a little highlight on that. The other thing I think for maybe somebody that might be listening to this that, you know, maybe would from the one star perspective. Right. Uh, which is very similar to my perspective is that a lot of senior people tried to help me, uh, you know, two-star admiral, uh, again, won't name names or anything like that, but very senior people, captain deck LDOs, um, you know, multiple 06 deck LDOs tried to help me. Uh, you know, I had a, I was allowed, I would say to do as much operational stuff as I wanted to, to pad my package, to promote and retain in the military, right. To retain mm -hmm. in the Navy, very senior people tried to help me. And like you said, they, they really couldn't. Right. So I wanted to highlight that as well. You know, when, when you when you have an alcohol related incident or you have something like this, there's there's not a lot of times with officers and, and khaki in general. I think that a lot of folks think that things get swept under the rug or that, you know, there's no punishment just because they didn't see you in an opening captain's mess in the hangar bay, the aircraft carrier. Well, that, it's a different process. But, the, you know, the senior people try to help you and there's there's not a lot they can do. Um and then another thing you said, and, and I'll give you a minute to come back. I know I'm getting too chatty here for an, an interviewer, but yeah. another thing you said was that you should be done in the Navy, right? And that was that was a jagged little pill for me to swallow uh, 
with this like intention of gratitude, right? Like, no, I, I should be grateful that I was allowed to retire. I should be grateful. And, and honestly, you know, the, the Admiral, or, well, he was the captain at the time, you know, he should have det detached me for cause. Absolutely. Right. That I deserved that punishment. I deserved what I got. Uh, and, and really, uh, yeah, just, I appreciate you, you know, not only being humble enough, uh, but also objective enough to, to notice that and to say that out loud that, you know, it, it was the right decision for you to, to, to leave. And then the last thing, which I do have a question about, you know, you said you hit it well, right. And I think a lot of times we, we hide things in plain sight and sometimes we don't sometimes, the, but the, the people that are really good at hiding it are the ones that have the most problem, I think. Uh, you know, you, and to kind of get away from the alcohol or even the military, there are a lot of mental health disorders that people are really good at hiding because they've, they've grown accustomed to it. Like you were talking about at 15 years old, your mom talking to you, well, that was already grooming you. Right. And, you know, there are people with, uh, eating disorders, people with, uh, money problems, you know, people that, uh, I, I mean, I, again, I won't say any names, but I know a lot of guys when I was, you know, younger in the military that were proud of and uh bragged about how much they could cheat on their wives right like this was like a thing that wow. they were they were like super happy about like yeah yeah you know overseas doesn't count different area code whatever the thing and, th and then there are other people that hide it really well so i guess i'd be curious you know in what ways do you think that you hit it or were there some you know how did you hide it and in what ways you know did, did that help or hurt you that's, that's a good question. Um, and it's a fair question. And, and by the way, the, the one that you were talking about just a little bit earlier about, um, you know, uh, when I went to, to that officer um, two days after, right? He, he said, okay, how about you sit down? Um, by the way, there were, there were two three stars that came to, to meet me at, you know, at the, um, what do you call it? At the, well, you can help me out here, but the airport. Oh, airport, yeah. <laughs> and I got to tell you, you know, and he just was uh, just sitting on the bench, just waiting for me to come up there, not yelling, not poking, not nothing. He said, you know, Eric, how are you doing? And then when I went, got back to someone else, and maybe this is just the way it should be, right? It When people get in a lot of trouble, you know, they're at least, they're, they were assessing me, right? And so right. there were three or four or five or more of those that were assessing me. There were people that were following me, you know, in the truck that I shouldn't have been driving when I probably was going to be right. And yeah. so, you know, someone might say, maybe that doesn't happen for the enlisted. And that, that may be true. Um, but there are probably some times where you've gotten, you've talked about it a little bit. Right. So I, I think the way that the Navy works sometimes is, is pretty damn good. <laughs> but on the other hand, you know, back to, back to me, um, I think over time it was it was kind of that just grade that went up and up and up, right? In terms of when I was drinking, um, I, like I said, I wasn't drinking on ships. You know, I was good at, good about that. You know, especially if I, on a huge ship with, you know, <laughs> with that many people. Um, but you know, over time, um, you know, I've got a couple things that that I've thought about, and um, Cindy, you know, it it, it kind of went this way. Cindy doesn't like to drink. Once upon a time, she did, you know, when we were in college together, but she doesn't like to drink after, a, you know, eight, whatever it was, eight years, 
didn't want to drink. So I was like, okay, I got someone who can drive me around. That's good. All right. I'm not going to have any problems, you know? And so that was one of those things where I was going, thinking to myself, well, I've got someone who can always take me to where I need to be. And, and, and there's a lot of people that, that do that. A lot of people don't, right? But over time, my wife started um, talking to me about how much alcohol. And when I get, when I got to that point and I wasn't, and I wasn't yelling at her, she wasn't yelling at me. I just told her, this is what I'm going to do because I don't know what else I can do, honey. And I know she didn't like that conversation. And every time we had it, she didn't like it, but I said, it's the only thing that you know, brings the stress down and allows me to go back to work. And, you know, the irony is, um, she really didn't want me to stay in the Navy as long as I did. Hmm. She didn't. And, you know, this is something I would say to, to a lot of people. It's a hard damn job. It and is. by the way, on the street yesterday, I was talking to a young enlisted guy who was having some trouble with his job. And there I was mentoring somebody because he got fired in his job. And I, and I just looked at him. I says, you know what? It's okay. I got fired too. The, the cool part is you can get some help and yeah. that's what we need to do. And, and so, my, so moving it a little bit further after that discussion, um, I got a lot of help. You know, the first thing that somebody said is, what do you think you need to do? And this was the three star. And I said, I think I need some help. So yeah. I said, I got to go get some alcohol, you know, and, and I, I went through a whole battery of alcohol, you know, um, and it was six to seven months and it was really, really good. And I didn't like it at first. Um, but the guy that was doing it was a former seal. And I got so much out of that at the end that even my wife and please don't talk too much about this, but my wife and my um, and uh, my daughter, my oldest daughter, they both came. To, to one of those sessions because they wanted to see how that was working or not working. Cause there's a lot of people talking about alcoholism and people don't want to talk about it at all. Yeah. So, so I, I guess, it, so that's kind of the last thing I might say is I still go to um, AA meetings, not a lot, but I've been doing it, you know, shoot. I'm, I think I'm over uh, 1099 right now where I haven't, I haven't had a drink. And so I've, you know, which, which I'm very proud of. I, I've got a lot of folks here, you know. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, that's well, that's a major accomplishment. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people that are like, Hey, you can just have one beer. Can't you? Well, I can, but I'm not going to, um, maybe it'll happen, but right now I'm not doing it. Um, and, and, and frankly, I got, I got healthy over time. Right. And so that's the other thing that people don't understand. It's all of that. Um, you know, everything that you're talking about with what we got to do to make sure people get healthy. Um, and for me, I, I went to Portsmouth Naval Hospital and they fixed me up. And the guy says, you know what? Cardiac arrest, you're about ready to have one. Yeah. And if you hadn't walked in and if you hadn't gotten clean from alcoholism, he, he, the guy said, he looked at me, he says, I know a lot about cardiac, you know, stuff that happens. He goes, Yeah. He probably would have died or died very quickly. Yeah. And so now, now I have life. I've gotten life back. And so, so there are some things that are good. There are some things that you have to understand. There are things that you can give it back, pour it back into the community, like you're doing, which is awesome. Uh, those are the kind of things that we got to do. 
we got to have those conversations yeah. and you got to have them over and over and over again and, and think about them a little bit more. So, I mean, I've got a son that's out there right now on a ship and uh, hopefully he's, you know, doing what he needs to do. And when he comes back, I'm going to have a conversation with him because guess what? He probably has the, ha- the same disposition that I have with regard right. to alcohol and probably will for life. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, I just want to call out one thing you said too about negative coping mechanisms, right? And uh, I'd be remiss if I just said that it was singularly alcohol, right? Like there are a lot of things that uh, can be negative coping mechanisms. And I kind of alluded to it earlier as far as like sex or, uh, you know, gambling. I mean, there are so many ways and and you and I got in trouble with alcohol and, you know, there are people that... uh, Honestly, I was a fighter. That was kind of my coping mechanism too. So I, I would get drunk and then get in fights. And that was what kind of, I was never really into gambling or, you know, sex or drugs. You know, I just, I, I like to get drunk and get in a fight. I would go into a bar uh, and sit at the bar and I would pick somebody. And if that person was still there at the end of the night, well, I would find some reason to get in a fight with them. Uh, and, it, you know, I, there's a long list of, you know, years of therapy. I could tell you where that comes from, but it, it's not cool. Uh, and I just thought it was like the machismo, like it was a good thing. Uh, you know, it was cool. This is what men do. I'm a bosomate raw. Right. And, uh, right. <laughs> what, what I actually kind of realized too, which you have realized when you said, got your life back. Right. What I've realized is, is I've kind of softened up and become more vulnerable and more intuitive and, you know, a little more caring and loving and, and honestly just loving myself, right. Just yeah. genuinely loving myself as I've gotten to that place. Uh, well, I've got a lot more friends and a lot of people think I'm a lot cooler than ever thought I was cool when I was in the bar, you know, taking shots at Jack Daniels and picking fights, you know, right. so uh, just I, I know that there's a lot uh, and I want to get you back on, sir, uh, and talk about because uh, I know you did some some talking around uh, the resilience piece and I know you have a whole strategy that you've outlined for that and I'd like to get you back on specifically that way we don't have to go back through the history of the story or the, you know, the bio, right. We can just get right into the meat and potatoes of, of your, uh, your lessons learned and how, you know, you give this to people. Uh, but, you know, just to kind of keep this one as an introductory, uh, you know, is there anything else specifically that, you know, uh, in regards to, you know, your bio or, you know, just, uh, his history of this and, and how you've recovered anything else you want to share as we close out here? Well, I like to and I appreciate the time. Um, and it's the way that you're doing it. it it's very, very helpful. Um, and, um, so I, I just, this is going to sound crazy. Um, but it, it came from two different sources. One, my wife, the other one, um, my daughter-in-law who I hadn't even known. Right. I mean, I think I met her once or twice. And, um, and, and when something happens like this, you know, she didn't, you know, my daughter-in-law didn't really even know what was going on. She didn't, my wife certainly did. But the first thing my wife said is, you know what, this is, this is going to be the best thing that ever happened to you, Eric. Yeah. And only, only she, you know, and the cardiovascular surgeon, really probably knew why. <laughs> right. And then, and then my daughter-in-law, she just said, you know what, you know, God's got a plan and it's going to be okay for you. And so if you get to the point where, and, and by the way, when I was, um, when I was in my bad state, probably like you were, there were, there were a 
a lot of people that were coming in and, and really wanting to say, it's okay, Eric, it'll be okay. It's okay. It'll be okay. And I'm like, no, it isn't. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. Right. Amen. Over no. time. So <laughs> yeah. if you don't build up that kind of um, special, you know, a habit, well, just, just special habits with other people uh, and you, you got to go and you got to cultivate them, not because you might have something like happen for me, but, but maybe, <laughs> maybe right. someone's going to start saying, you know what? And, and I got, the last thing I would say is, is um, I, I really think a couple of people came up and says, you know what? We probably, some of us probably should have, you know, gone yeah, and talked yeah. to you a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and they had, it didn't happen until kind of late in the game. Um, and of course I was like, well, you know what, this, this is, this is my problem. I made this bed, but you know what, there, there were three, four or five of them. And there were a lot of other people that just felt a little bit, you know, maybe we could do something. Um, but again, I was hiding, right. You know, and if, if you're hiding and you're good at hiding, um, it's, it's a lot harder, but anyway, no, I appreciate that, that share. And, you know, I, I also appreciate the kind words, uh, you know, kindred spirits, kindred souls, we kind of end up, you know, when you go through something as hard as that, especially when you identify so much with who you are as what you do. Right. And I don't want to, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that was definitely my scenario. The five levels of attachment is a book that I read that kind of helped me uh, understand that, that I may be over-identified or over-rotated with my identification as a deck LDO, uh, as opposed to who is Jeff and not what do I do? And I probably would have been better at what I did if I could have gotten to know myself a little bit better. Uh, mm-hmm. at the time. Uh, but it's, it's hard when you're in it, like we talked about last week, you know, it's hard when you're in the tunnel uh, to see that light. Right. Um, anyway, sure. so last, last question. And then again, I, I definitely want to have you back on. Uh, and I, I want to talk about, I know you have uh, some valuable lessons learned here that you've developed a strategy about. So that'll, that'll be the next episode. Uh, and we, we can schedule that off show, but, you know, I, I kind of give you a uh, a softball here, but I, you know, that the, the question I ask everybody is about, uh, integrity or about their, you know, I, I worried so much about my reputation and legacy that if I had only w- worried about my character, which is forged by your value system and your virtues, mm-hmm. if I had only worried about my character, my reputation and legacy would take care of itself. And that's what I'm finding to be true now at 40 years old, which I know is relatively young still, but I, you know, I don't, I don't give a shit about my reputation anymore. I don't care what kind of legacy I'm going to leave behind. I care about being a good human being every day and be the best version of myself to help other human beings. And, and what happens is autonomously that stuff just, just happens. Right. And that was a hard lesson learned. Uh, and so I, you know, I guess I would just ask you what, what is, uh, how would, if, if, you know, you were in the room and a bunch of us were talking about you behind your back, right. How would you hope that we would describe your character and then what, what actions do you take to ensure that that is true? Yeah. Great, great question. Um, for me, I like the challenge, uh, the challenge coins. Right. And, and one of the cool things was getting the challenge coin, you know, pretty much all the time after a while, I'm like, why the hell do we still have challenge coins? You know, they're all over the place, but um, you know, I, I started very early on um, on Whidbey Island and, and she's about ready to, to go to, go to, well, you know, she's, I'm taking parts from that ship once a month. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sad about it, but you know, for me, that was the hardest ship that I ever drove and commanded. And, um, but I, I started 
pretty much pretty early. Um, and it was responsibility, integrity, and respect. That's, that was my credo, responsibility, integrity, and respect. And so, you know, when I, when this happened, when I did what I did, um, I had to go back and look and go, shit, you know, it's, it's the responsibility. Okay. Um, I, by the way, respect, I, I love what, what, what John Cordell's doing everything else. We Absolutely. need to pull, we need to pull respect back where, where it belongs. Kick something else. I don't give a shit. I mean, that's what I said. You can go tell someone else, but, but, but anyway, for, for me, the integrity is always the most important thing, period. And, and I, I blew that too. I mean, from, from, from my perspective, I clearly blew it, you know, because there I was and, and I couldn't get up and I couldn't do anything and everything else. So absolutely. I, I lost, I lost my respect you know, to me, to myself. Right. And I had to start bringing that back to my wife and everybody else over time. And there are other people that says, you know what, that's okay. It's going to, it's going to come back. But I, that one still bothers me. It's, you know, two and a half years later, still bothers the shit out of me. Um, yeah. And then the other piece is there were things that I did not pick apart. And, and I'm, I'm actually the, the, the kind of person that's a micromanager, right? Which I hate, but I'm a micromanager. I'm going to get every damn detail. Right. And, um, and, and part of the alcoholism was right there in front of me because you always have to go in there and you have to tell everybody. And so how many beers did you do this time, that time, and that time? And when I went back and looked at this, I said, you know what? I was, I was lying about that. Right. I don't like talking about that, but, but that, you know, I was like, well, you know, maybe it's only one or two beers or maybe it was four beers or maybe it was whatever. And, you know, maybe I can kind of just go with this a little bit. I'm probably not the only person that ended up doing that, but that's not what I'm talking about. That's about me. That's about what I'm doing, what I'm not doing and, and why it's not right. And if someone had been looking at that and I was looking at it, maybe I would have gotten a little bit of a head start first and not had a problem and stayed, you know? So anyway, that would be, the, I guess, the last thing for now. And then I, I do have a decent amount of stuff for the next time. I love it. All right, sir. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and close out here, but I, I just, uh, I'm going to highlight the last thing, you know, responsibility, integrity, and respect. Uh, man, I, I think I'll make that the show <laughs> title. So very good. Thank you for spending time with me and, and with the audience. And I look forward to chatting again here very soon. All right. Hey, thanks a lot, Jeff. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode and that the content contributed in some way to your personal evolution. Share the conversations and stories that mean the most to you by reaching out to Jeff at Jeff Bayless underscore on Instagram. If you get anything out of the show, please consider subscribing, leaving a rank and review. The best compliment you could give the project is by simply sharing it with someone you think it might resonate with. Love and gratitude always. We'll chat next week on the Evolution Podcast.